0: Welcome to this special ProPass webinar series. We have started the collaboration with ProPass consortium and are publishing their webinars in podcast format so more people can benefit from their useful content. In short, ProPass is an international research collaboration platform of cohorts using Taiwan accelerometry to explore the effects of physical activity, posture, and sleep patterns on a wide range of health outcomes. Without further ado, let's jump to ProPass webinar.
1: We have had two prior webinars, and maybe some of you joined them. To, our notice, this, uh, to your notice, this to your notice, have been recorded and can be assessed on our the ProPass website. Uh, just to click on the heading on the meeting and news, and you will find the previous and also this uh, uh, webinar. Uh, and I also want to point out that this is the last webinar under the team of measurements, and we will be hosting a second series uh webinars in November under the team that we are calling movement across the 24-hour cycle, and please just uh, follow on the Twitter and look at the details from uh, the, the uh, upcoming events uh, uh, due the course. Uh, and please, on um, today's session, will be a sort of double actor. or we have two speakers from, uh, from uh, by Ulf Eklund and Jakun Tarp uh, on the meta-analysis harmonization methods for accelerometry consortia. Uh, you know that pooling in well-participant uh, participant data from several research projects may not always be feasible. And their talk will cover examples for meta-analysis data harmonization performed without, without transfer of or original data. Uh, just a short introduction of today's speakers. Uh, firstly, we have Ulf Eklund, who is a professor on the Sports Medicine Norwegian School of Sports Science. His main research area include assessment of physical activity and sedentary time patterns and trend in population levels of physical activity. The role of sedentary time on physical activity for preventing chronic diseases and early life determinants of physical activity behaviors and its interaction with health outcome across the life course. And also, secondly, we have Jacob Tarp, who is a postdoctoral researcher at the Department of Clinical Epidemiology uh, in the uh, Aarhus University. Work is especially on diabetes epidemiology, but his main research uh, interest is using observational data to explore the role of physical activity in the prevention of morbidity and mortality from non-communicable diseases. Before we start, I would like to point out that the speaker uses approximately 40 minutes on a presentation uh, and in or between the to- talks, you can ask questions in the chat, but also at the end, we good to hear voices and we will allocate some approximately five to 10 minutes for asking questions. Okay, then I will give the floor or stage or just the microphone to uh, Ulf, who will start, please.
0: Thanks, Vega. Thanks for the, for the introduction. Uh, it's a pleasure to uh, provide the uh, have the opportunity to talk to you today. And uh, I have to say good morning, good uh, good uh, good day, good afternoon, good evening, uh, for wherever you are in the world. So I will uh, discuss a little bit about harmonization methods in uh, accelerometer consortia, and my main focus will be on individual participant data analysis and individual participant data meta-analysis. And I will use the International Children Accelerometer Database as an example uh, uh, for my talk. So just discuss a little bit about data harmonization. Because if we want to do data harmonization, it actually refers to the efforts or the efforts to combine and pool data from different sources and different studies to give us some sort of a comparable view of data so we can more of, more more precisely, compare how different data, data from different sources uh, align together. Now, in my, in my mind, there are two main ways of doing this. We can do it on an individual level. We can do an individual participant data analysis or an IPD analysis, or you can pull data from individuals. You can then meta analyze these data. As a, as a normal meta analysis, but you can also do the harmonization on study level according to a common protocol and th- this is what Jacobs going to discuss but my main aim and my my task today is to discuss individual participant data analysis so basically what this, what this is about is about to systematically review the literature about the specific topic you might be interested in, whether it is accelerometer measured physical activity. And when you have identified the literature, the studies, and all those, uh, uh, all studies who may contribute to your analysis or to your meta-analysis, you then have to convince the investigators who have all access to all these data to, to, to participate. So this builds quite substantially on trust. You need to discuss with investigators you need to uh, collaborate with them, and you need to convince them that it's important to do this meta-analysis. You then obtain the individual data, which is fairly, fairly usually fairly easy. But when you have ot- obtained all these individual data from the different sources and from the different studies, you need to reanalyze and harmonize all the individual data. And that's where you have the uh, enormous amount Usually, an enormous amount of work to do. So, I would consider, and many would consider, would, would agree that uh, doing an individual participant data meta-analysis is the gold standard in systematic uh, in, in systematic research and in uh, the gold standard for uh, for uh, deriving evidence on any single research question. However, I think it's very important to point out, even if meta-analysis and systematic reviews are at the top of the evidence pyramid and provide the highest quality of information. It's really important to point out that a, a meta-analysis is no better than the quality of the individual studies. So basically, uh, to put it uh, like like if you, if you have shit in, you get shit out from, from, from your analysis. So you need to make sure that the quality of the individual studies are good. And one way to improve quality of individual studies might be to harmonize the data either on an individual level or on a uh, on a study level. There are a number of different advantages with an individual participant data analysis. Those advantages are mainly due to the data analysis and the possibilities to to do quite substantial substantially more data analysis and more more, uh, sophisticated analysis compared to uh, study level uh, harmonization. The main main thing, for example, with an accelerometer consortia, which I will come back to, is to harmonize exposure and outcome variables. And especially the exposure variables when it comes to accelerometers are are key to to, uh, be able to compare or to, to pool data from different sources. You also have the possibility to to run multivariate analysis because you can adjust for for the same confounders and across studies, and you can also harmonize the confounders and other phenotypic uh, uh, information across studies. It will obviously increase the statistical power to have individual level data. You can run mediation and analysis and interaction analysis. And this means that the data analysis are much more homogeneous. On the other hand, which also is a feature, you have a larger heterogeneity in the individual characteristics. You will have a greater variability in your exposure variables, even when they have been harmonized, you will have individuals with very low levels of physical activity, and those ones with extremely high levels of physical activity. So the variability uh, will likely increase by, incre- uh, by combining data from many different studies. <laughs> it's also provide a means to study the causes of inter-study variability in physical activity. And uh, I would assume for, for, for uh, those uh, consortia or those uh, IPD uh, studies that looking, uh, are looking at, at more clinical outcomes, you can standardize the time, time to event as well. There's also the advantages with IPDs uh, on the collaborative part of, uh, part of this stuff. So you usually get a more active involvement by investigators uh, compared to a normal meta-analysis where you, act- where you only uh, analyze the aggregated published data. You can, uh, you can get your investigators and your collaborators to, to maybe help with uh, identification of additional studies, uh, they can contribute to the interpretation of results. They can contribute to the endorsement and, and distribution of the uh, and dissemination of results, and they will also provide a peer review of your of your manuscript, of your drafted manuscripts. Of course, there are disadvantages. This process is lengthy and is costly. It builds on trust. It's important to get uh, a trust with all your collaborators. You need to have uh, quite a lot of administration stuff going on with data sharing and data transfer agreements. We have the data confidentiality and protection, which is uh, nowadays in Europe since 2018 with the GDPR, even more uh, difficult to to, to pool individual level data. Uh, You need uh, pretty... uh, substantive uh, data management and statistical skills to to manage the database. And the thing is that if some studies or some investigators do not want to share the data, do not want to contribute to to an individual participant data analysis, this may introduce selection bias. However, uh, the good thing is it is possible to combine individually pooled data with published aggregated data in a meta-analysis. So there are substantial advantages, but also some disadvantages with IPDs. So I'm just going to give you an example of one, one of the, probably as, as far as I know, the first uh, accelerometer Consortium pooling individual level data. So this is the International Children Axolometer Database, which was established in uh, 2008, with some small funding from the UK National Prevention Research Initiative. It was a collaboration between University of Bristol, uh, the MRC Epidemiology Unit in Cambridge, and the University of Bath. And what we did was that we wanted to, to combine and pool individual level accelerometer data in children and adolescents. And we also had the uh, opportunity to, to fund individuals. so We got two two people funded by this grant, uh, Lauren and Pippa, who contributed and did a huge amount of the uh, important work of uh, harmonizing the the accelerometer and the the phenotypic information. So why why did we do this? Well there was at this point in time 12-13 years ago there were quite many studies with accelerometer data but all studies use their own data reduction procedures. They use their own data uh, uh, cleaning softwares and data uh, analysis softwares. So we, it was very difficult to compare data from different studies. So we wanted to harmonize individual data from the actigraph accelerometer. We wanted to combine it with sociodemographic and phenotypic data, and the aim was to uh, get a greater understanding of the strength of the relationship between physical activity and health in young people we wanted to understand more about correlates and determinants of physical activity and differences in physical activity and sedentary behaviors across different sociocultural and, and demographic uh, according to different sociocultural and demographic factors so these are the studies we pulled There were a majority of uh, European studies, but also one Brazilian, two Australian, and uh, a number of studies from the US. Basically, uh, the NHANES and the Iowa Bone Development Study. We have the original data pooling uh, was in September 2008 to May May 2010. We pooled data from, as I said, 21 studies, uh, about 46,000. Actigraph data files were pulled and and uh, reanalyzed. Uh, we have data on uh, anthropometrics, demographics, and health data, and these data included cross-sectional studies, cohort studies, and intervention studies. So in total, uh, more than forty-six thousand raw actual meter data files were were analyzed by by Lauren. And the entire uh, process of the analysis uh, is, is described in this paper. So if you're interested to read more about and learn more about the, the uh, ICAD-1 methods and, and the data reduction and cleaning methods, you, you can uh, read this paper. When some of the results from the first wave of ICAD was this cross-cultural comparison in physical activity where you can see that we're quite substantial differences in the prevalence of meeting the recommendations of 60 minutes of moderate and vigorous intensity physical activity per day, even if these data are uh, analyzed in exactly the same way. Uh, another study we did was to look at the associations between moderate and vigorous physical activity and sedentary time and metabolic risk factors. And we found that regardless of whether you were sedentary and regardless of whether you spent belong to the highest tertile for sedentary time, as long as you were also were in the top turtle for moderate and vigorous physical activity, you were much better off according to uh, all the individual metabolic risk factors we studied. We looked at waist circumference, systolic blood pressure, fasting insulin, fasting tri- triglycerides, and HDL cholesterol. And it was quite clear that being in the top tertile of moderate and vigorous physical activity could offset the uh, higher risk of being uh, in, in the top tertile of sedentary time. We then moved on to ICAD 2 in 2015. And uh, the uh, group, the ICAD group or the working group expanded. Uh, we, uh, and some people left the group. And the uh, the icad 2 working group now consists of uh, Lauren Scherer, Estefan Schlaus, Andy Atkins, myself, and uh, Bjorge Hansen. And the ICED-2 was initiated in 2015, and uh, we released data in uh, 2018. aim with IECA2 was basically to include more data from the contributing studies. We wanted to include more waves of accelerometer data to have the possibility to run prospective analysis. We also wanted to harmonize a broader range of phenotypic information from those studies who contributed. So the, uh, uh, we included more data. We now have 55,000 accelerometer data files that were processed exactly the same 13 studies contributed to this as were in the original study and the harmonization of the phenotypic information uh, was done by uh, Andy and Andy Atkins uh, uh, harmonized all non-axialometer data. So now we have harmonized variables for anthropometrics, demographics, health outcomes and correlates and determinants of physical activity and they are more or less, as much as you can, harmonized across all these studies. We did exactly the same thing for actual meter data. Jorge uh, spent a large amount of time of his postdoc, probably uh, one and a half year, to harmonize 55,000 actual metadata data files. And this process, and I'm just going to very briefly summarize the process because it was a tedious and lengthy process, but it was a four-step process where we first standardize the input data, because we have data from three different accelerometers, three different versions of the actigraph monitor, and we have to standardize it uh, into 60-second epochs and using the vertical axis. We then wanted to establish validity from all these data files, and that included a visual inspection of each individual uh, data file, So all these 55,000 data files were visually inspected. We then wanted to determine the wear period. Some of the uh, studies started with no wear time for maybe seven days, but we wanted to uh, establish a wear wear time period for at least uh, four days. And uh, our wear time criteria, if I remember correctly, was 10 hours per day. And the final step was to apply the, uh, the rules for, uh, for example, for intensity thresholds, for bout criteria, etc., etc. And we ran all these analysis using the Kinesoft software and derived more than 15,000 variables. So there are more than 15,000 actual meter data variables derived from these uh, 55,000 55, data files. So we have an online data dictionary which is uh, available on the MRC epidemiology unit webpage uh, it took about 220 hours to process all these data and it's available through an online data dictionary and there is a shopping cart function so if you are interested in going in and look at the available uh, both phenotypic information and accelerometer data. You can visit the MRC Epidemiology, epidemiology uh, webpage and uh, search for the ICAD data. So I think one, or two of the, uh, one of the main features with the ICAD study is that it is an open data source. So everybody can apply uh, to use the data it's a fairly simple application procedure. You need to fill in an uh, application to use the data. We have a data user agreement where, where users agree to, use, to destroy the data after the publication, only use the data for the uh, purpose they have put out, put, put out in their application. We have some authorship rules and publication guidelines, and the ICAD is currently uh, run by a working group consisting of uh, uh, member, members of, of of the ICAD team, and we have an overseeing steering group, which consists of uh, the investigators who contributed data to the ICAD. We have a regular u- newsletter you can sign up to if you're interested in, in, in uh, learning more about the, the ICAD database. And just to finish off with uh, a few, uh, few papers which might be interesting to read, this is the uh, design paper of the uh, second uh, wave of ICAD data, published a couple of years ago in in npa uh, We had a paper on uh, isotemporal substitution analysis, suggesting that uh, replacing as little as 10 minutes per day of sedentary time into moderate and vigorous physical activity uh, was associated with a substantial uh, uh, or reduction in, in in cardiometabolic risk markers. Jake, uh, Lauren published a paper looking at uh, determin- correlates and determinants, in this case, uh, mother's uh, education and the association between, with physical activity. And uh, a final example is uh, Jakob's uh, analysis looking at whether adiposity mediates the relationship between physical activity and biological risk fact- factors. Uh, suggesting that those ones who uh, achieve the physical activity guidelines of 60 minutes per day had a better metabolic control compared to those who didn't achieve those guidelines. And the majority of this difference between these two groups, achievers and non-achievers of the guidelines, was explained by a direct effect of physical activity, not mediated by, by adiposity, which is important I I would say, to to, uh, highlight the importance of physical activity independent of adiposity on cardiometabolic risk markers. And finally, I'm just going to show you this uh, example where we did a harmonized meta-analysis, not only including uh, ICAD, but extending this to other European studies who have accelerometer data, and include including more than 47,000 children and adolescents from Europe, across Europe, uh, to examine uh, uh, the amount and the variation in physical activity across European countries. One of the conclusions from this study was that a sufficient amount, or a large amount of European children and adolescents, about uh, two-thirds, are not sufficiently active according to the physical activity guidelines. So by that, I would like to thank uh, all those ones who have contributed to ICAD, all the individual study partners and all my colleagues in the uh, working group and the Medical Research Council Epidemiology Unit Data Management Team who uh, managed the database. And I'm happy to take questions. Thank you